Good morning. How is everybody? Are you warm now? Good. Excellent, excellent. So um, as was told, I think was told, maybe not. Anyway, I am originally, kind of, sort of, 30 some odd years from Alaska. And I want to take just a moment. First, let me thank Reverend Larry for allowing me to come and be here. I have family here in Portland. And so I spent Thanksgiving with them. How was your Thanksgiving? Awesome. Isn't that wonderful? It's just fabulous. It's good to be with family and, and loved ones and, and do that whole thing. But I take just a moment because I have some Alaskan, my people, as I call them, here. And I want to really acknowledge them today. Um, there is Miss Camille Conti, who is one of my practitioners in Alaska, who I just love and adore. <laughs> Multi-talented woman, um, speaker. She does all sorts of fabulous things and was truly one of my, my hands when I was in Alaska as the senior minister. Thank you. We also have, um, whoo, miss all that and a bag of chips. Susan Brakehall is in the house. <laughs> Susan was my musical director for uh, years and her and I worked together even before I became the senior minister there. Um, She's a musical director, and oh my God, multi-talented. And guess what? Her and her husband, Mark, who is also here with us, have moved to Portland. <laughs> you have some multi-talented people who have moved to Portland here recently. I also want to introduce my husband, because of course he's my right hand, my left hand, and my two feet. <laughs> my husband, Juan McAllister, is here with us today. I'm feeling kind of blessed. I'm feeling kind of blessed. It's just so wonderful. We also have two Alaskans who are also in the back there. Would you guys stand for just a moment? So they were Alaskans how many years ago? Uh, Sixteen years, years, years ago. And now you're in Oregon. Is it? And you're in, or you're in um, Grants Pass now. And so they're here. And, we, and, and I want to let you know, none of us planned any of this. It just, literally, we all just kind of happened on here today. So it's just amazing. It's amazing being with loved ones during Thanksgiving. And have you noticed that during Thanksgiving, people are kind of happy for the most part. I mean, we come together and we eat a lot. <laughs> and we tell stories, and it's just wonderful. And something I've noticed is, is during that time, everybody forgets about their troubles. Aww. We're at the table being present with each other, loving each other, caring about each other, and all of our challenges and stuff tend to go out the window for a little while. And a lot of times when that happens, we feel a sense of peace. So today's sermon is a piece of peace. And I want to talk about peace in a different kind of way. I want to first start out with a Bible, a Bible quote. It goes like this. It's in John 1. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things, all things, were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, we say the same kind of thing in Science of Mind. We know that God is everything. Yes? Yes. We know that God is everywhere. Yes? Yes. So we know this mentally, and some of us have faith in it, and it's great, and we understand this, and yet there's a piece that's still, still kind of like theory, and it's out there. And we kind of know it, but we haven't necessarily completely embodied it. Otherwise, we'd be walking through walls and everything else. <laughs> but what's amazing is how science tends to catch up with spiritual words. 
So now science is caught up with what we already know. They first said, you know, the whole universe was made of atoms and every, atoms were everywhere. And so, you know, we would have said that God made the atoms and that's perfectly fine. And they thought that's all there was, and now they've gone deeper and recognized, no, there's subatomic particles, and that even in the subatomic particles, 99.99999% of that is space. But in the space, there is energy. So 99.99999% of everything that we know of in the galaxy, stars, mountains, chairs you're sitting on is energy. They got it. And the only reason we experience a chair as a chair and a mountain as a mountain is that everything is made up of this energy and it vibrates. And so the, what happens is the vibrations are different. And the vibrations, when they combine, they, then we get to see and feel a chair or a mountain or something else. But now remember, underneath it all is uh, energy, energy, which is God. So now we go from theory to proof, ha, scientific proof. Well, guess what? So is all the verities that are God. Love, joy, today we're talking about peace. Most of us grow up and we hear about this thing called peace. We don't quite understand it. We're young, we don't quite understand it. But then we start to read, we hear it on TV, you go to church, you hear people like myself talk about peace. And so we have some kind of concept of peace and we equate peace with God. Now, since God is everything and everywhere, then peace must be everything and every... Where? Right. Yes? yes. Okay. So, so, but that's still in our head. It's kind of like theory. What we want is proof of it. So let me give you a tiny bit of proof. When I talked about Thanksgiving and we're telling the stories and everybody forgets about their troubles, in that moment we have a sense of peace. We feel it. When we go to sleep, a lot of us usually feel peaceful. Sometimes in churches, when we come to churches or we have meditation, we feel peaceful. But I have a question for you. When you are going through a challenge, what happens to your peace? It goes out the window. It goes somewhere. Does it really go somewhere? Who goes somewhere? We do. We do. We do. So what we really want to do is find a way to stay in truth at all times. And there's a power in staying in truth at all times. Here's what Ernest Holmes says about the power of peace. He says peace is the power at the heart of God. He doesn't say your money is. He doesn't say your house is or your job or anything else. He says peace is at the power, is the power at the heart of God. So the fact that sometimes you feel a sense of separation from peace, you're feeling a sense of separation from God, and all of that is a lie. Ah, you see, we must stop telling ourselves lies and stop listening to lies. We want to be centered in truth. Yes? He goes on to say, it is through the revelation of the self to the self that one understands life that he approaches the power which is at the heart of God. Let me say that again, that he approaches, he, we approach the power which is at the heart of God. This comes through a recognition of the unity of the individual when the spirit 
with the spirit back of in and through all. So we approach through our recognition that we are not only individuals, but the cause behind us even being is the spirit of God in back of, in, through, and around everything that we are and in and through and around every challenge that we meet. So whatever it is that causes you to separate yourself from your sense of peace, you have a misnomer going on in your mind. You have not recognized that God is not only with you as, as your peace, but God is also peace in the situation that is causing you your issue. Yes? Hear clearly, understand, because when you leave today, I want you to carry this with you, that whatever your challenges are that you're going through, it is only your, your approach to it, your perception of it that is causing you grief in the first place. Ooh, did I say that? Yeah, so let me tell you a little story, because sometimes we get attached to things and our peace goes out the window. So uh, back in the day, I have this magnificent luxury car that I just love. And on this particular day, it is January in Alaska. It is dark, very little light, and it is cold. It's about eight degrees or so. But me and my girlfriends, we decided to go to this seminar that another girlfriend is holding at this wonderful hotel. So I pick her up, we go to the seminar, it's been a fabulous day, it was just wonderful. The seminar is over, we're feeling fantastic, we come out and I open the door to look across the street and we both look and go, she says, Marquita, where's your car? Yeah. I don't know. Marquita, where's your car? Did you know, did your husband take? No, wow, what's God doing? <laughs> Those were my exact words. What's God doing? She said, fool, your car's been stolen. What do you mean what God's doing? I said, no, really. And she's like, we need to go report your car's been stolen. Fine. So we go over to the office, walk in and tell the man, you know, I think my car is gone. He's like, what does it look like? Blah, blah. And he said, oh, no, no, no. You dropped your keys in the snow. And, uh, and, and, so, and someone returned him to the office. I said, great, then where's my car? He said, well, somebody came and claimed the keys. Oh. No, that's my car. He said, I'm sorry, ma'am, somebody claimed, please. All right, so, so now it's time to report it. And so I get on the phone and I do the whole report to the police thing and, and afterwards she says, okay, so are we gonna catch, the, you know, catch a cab home? And I said, no, let's go eat because our friends were waiting for us. Uh, to eat. She said, Marquita, don't you want to go home and like tell your husband what's going on? I'm like, I'm hungry. What's that got to do with anything? Let's go eat. <laughs> and so through this, I am not afraid. You see, it's a thing. Don't let circumstances rob your peace. So we go and we eat. And of course, our friends are like, what took you so long? I told them the car's been stolen. They're like, ah. And I'm like, oh, let's just eat. So, <laughs> so we eat and I get home. And I, I go up to the front door and open the door and I walk in. Well, my husband says, um, oh, and it's a different husband, just so you know. I know I have this husband here. <laughs> this is a long time ago, people. <laughs> so so uh, he says, um, why don't you use the garage door? We had company over there. So I said, honey, can I see you in the in bedroom real quick? So we go into the bedroom. I tell him the car's been stolen. And we were both practitioners at the time. So he says, let's pray. Boom, right on. 
So we do our prayer work, we come out, we're fine. And the company says, you know, what's going on? Obviously something's going on. My son is sitting at the table and the man says, what's going on? And I say, wow, the car's been stolen, da, da, da. And he said, you know, for someone whose fabulous car's been stolen, you sure are calm. And I said to him, you don't understand. My son is fine. Yes. It's a thing. That's right. God gave me the car. Something else is going on. See, as you go through things, you want to remember that your highest good is out picturing regardless of what it looks like. You must hold this within your being. So I say to him, it's no big deal. Something's going to happen. I don't know what's going on here, but something's happening. So those who are into the realm of effects, they go out looking for the car. I'm like, whatever, I'm going to bed. No problem. <laughs> so they do all that. That's on Saturday. On Monday morning... I uh, get to work, I walk into work, I'm, I'm at work, and the phone rings, and it goes like, something like this. Hello, this is Marquita. Uh, uh, you don't know me, but uh, I have your car. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, uh, 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 is there a reward out for your car? <laughs> I'm thinking about that. <clears throat> he said, well, you're Christian, right? Uh, what would make you say that? He said, well, uh, you got all these spiritual tapes and books and things up in your car. I figure you must be Christian. <laughs> I said, okay, if that's what you need to believe or something like that. He says, well, um, uh, I'm really sorry about it, but you know, we went joyriding in your car and I just feel real bad, so I just need to return your car. Okay. So he says, I'm, he says, where are you? And I, I kind of tell him approximately where I am. Why don't you take it to the bank next door, drop the car, and call it good. Well, you, don't, you, you won't call the police, will you? Please don't call the police because I'm, I'm not trying to get in trouble. <laughs> I said, you know what? That's between you and your God. Just drop the car off. Fine. Hang up, call my husband, say, you know, the man contacted me. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, the man contacted me. He's going to drop the car. He's like, all right, I'm on my way. So he gets there, and he says, all right, I'm here. You know, what's going on? And I called the police. I'm like, no, don't call the police. He's like, Marquita, you cannot go up to a strange man, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you can't call the police. I don't like when I'm calling the police. Now hear this. Notice, now I'm frantic. I've lost my peace. So what I get from people as a minister is, Reverend Marquita, we don't have time all the time to do all that spiritual work you say, do, da, 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 busy during the day. <laughs> hear this. You always have time to get centered. And when you are in the middle at work with all these people, there's a place you can go. And I strongly suggest you use this place. It's called the bathroom. <laughs> go to the restroom and sit <laughs> and get still. So that's what I did. I went to the restroom and got still, did my prayer work, got centered, remembered who I was, remembered all things work together for my good, remember that nothing that God gives me can be taken away. So I got centered, got it together, came back out, walked into my office, the phone rings. Guess who it is? Um, I was going to drop the car, but there's like police all over the place, so I couldn't really drop it, so I dropped it at a bank a block or so away, and that's where it is, and you can go get it. I'm sorry, please. I really did it. And thank you so much. Hang up the phone. I look at my husband. We gonna call the police this time? He's like, no, no, no. Let's go. We go. I look at the car. It's in its perfect condition, but I know not to touch it. So now I call the police. 
So the man comes. He looks in the car. He's like, your checkbook is in here. I'm like, yep. He's like, anything missing? Nope. He's like, you got this other stuff? Yep, everything's good. He's like, let me see if I got this straight. This car was stolen, and the man called you, offered to clean your car, because he did, offered to clean your car and brought the car back to you in the condition it left. I went, yeah. He's like, ma'am, that doesn't happen. These cars get chop-shopped and done, all done away with, so, you know, and we don't even find these cars. I'm like, it happens when you've got my God, okay? This is what happens. And so I tell you that story for a couple reasons. Everything that you want, need, and desire is always here for you. And when God gives it, no man and no circumstance can take it away. All things always work together for your good. And when you recognize this and embody this truly, when circumstances and challenges come to you, it does not rob your peace. And if it does, it's for a moment because you have the practice of knowing how to get centered. Yes? Yes. All right. So that's one piece. Now, the other piece is, notice in the Bible it says, and in other books it says something similar, that there's a peace that passes understanding, which means there's this peace that you uh, embody, hold within you, Remember bringing your mind to the center of where peace is, the power of God, the recognition of God, that you are one with God at all times. And then when you practice this enough and you have this, even though a crazy situation will happen, there is the mystical that then takes over and you are at peace in the most craziest, nuttiest, and even dangerous situations. So I want to share with you another story. But first, here's what Ernest Holmes also says. He says, we cannot be in peace until we know that spirit is the only cause, the only medium, the only effect in our lives. Always. He doesn't say always, but I'm saying always. (laughs) Because that's the truth. Now, this afternoon, we're going to explore some tools so, to help you stay in peace, to stay in alignment when the challenges come up. But for right now, let me explain how this works when you will do the work, what we call spiritual practices, on a daily, consistent basis. As a matter of fact, before I even tell you that, here's what Ernest Holmes says again, and I love this because he does the word daily too. He says, deep within each of us, there is a place of calm, of peace, and security, where trouble and accidents do not occur, where truth and love reign supreme and good is the only power. It is to this place that we daily underline, highlight, asterisk, everything daily. We go in the silence of of our own minds to commune with the spirit that is both around us and within us. Truly, this is our Father within, our heaven immediately available and always responsive to our approach, which means to your intention. Spirit responds. It says, in our meditation, we seek to make the presence of spirit more real to us, more immediate and more personal. 
And as we do this, an inward sense of calm comes over the mind, a feeling of security and safety, which every human being needs. In your most critical times, there's a mystical peace that will overtake you if you will do the daily work of communing with spirit. So it is, um, I think, 1986 or so. I'm in Alaska, and... And I live, at that time I was living in Wasilla, Alaska, which some of you have heard thanks to Sarah Palin. <laughs> but I live on the outskirts of Wasilla, which means I live where there's no running uh, water, no electricity and all that, nothing but woods. And we had chopped down the woods. I was a frontier woman, you know, all that. You chopped down the woods. And, and we had built this house. Of course, it wasn't up to code, but the point is it was a shelter. So, and we weren't done. So, you know, there's exposed uh, beams and all of that. And um, uh, the back door wasn't on hinges, none of that. It is now, though, August. So in August in Alaska, it is warm and it's beautiful and green and there's a ton of daylight. So it is August. It's about 1130 or so and uh, it's getting a little dust dark but not dark. And I know it's time to go to bed. Now, this is pre-science of mind, but even before science of mind, I understood meditation. So I sat down to meditate and got real still, did all of my meditation uh, and listening, and then I went to bed. And clearly I heard, pray for protection. And I said, oh, okay. So I prayed for my mother and my dad and, and my brothers, and I tried to go to sleep, and I still tossed and turned. I'm like, what? It was like, pray for your family, which meant my husband and I had two children at the time. So then I did the prayer work around all of us, and boom, I fell asleep. I am new, newer to Alaska, especially new to the, the woods, because uh, I come from more city life. So I'm hearing this. As you sleep, you know, you kind of hear noise. And my mind interpreted as, oh, there must be some cars or some people around making noise. And then it dawns on me in my subconscious, you're in the middle of nowhere. There are no cars. There's no people. There's nothing. So, oh, right, so I wake up and I look out the window and we had, again, built this house. All the windows were low so the two-year-old could see out. And there's this bear staring at us. And I shake my husband, I'm like, wake up, wake up, there's a bear outside, there's a bear outside. And he's like, mm, wake up, there's a bear outside. So he, he wakes up and he, he kind of looks up and says, there's a bear. And this bear is just like, And so he, he, you know, he jumps up, and the comical part to me was I'm standing here going, you know, do something, and he starts to put on his clothes. And I'm like, what are you putting your pants on for? The bear doesn't care about your pants. You know, just, do something. So, so I'm saying this now, in the, in the, and it was funny because the reaction was trying to, you know, do something. And I was, there was a separation because I'm saying do something, and in my inners was this calmness truly calm. I thought that's weird. So, so he goes to get the, he gets his clothes and goes to get the rifle and says, get the kids. So I get out of the bed and I go over and the baby's in the crib and the, the two-year-old's on the loft. So I thought, okay, if the bear is going to come, it's not going to see him, hopefully. I just grab the baby. And there's this hallway. Now at the back of this hallway is the door that is not on its hinges. And the bear is headed that way. And as a matter of fact, on this window, the bear decides to stand up on its hind legs because he sees me holding this baby. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. <laughs> so then he, he moves around, and I'm waiting now, waiting for him to come into the back door because all he's got to do is that, and he's trying to get in. 
And I remember thinking, okay, God, now what? Somehow this bear misses that door. I still don't know how. But he misses the door. He goes around. And we had two decks. And I'm, I'm watching out of the window, and the, the door is over here. So I'm watching out of the window because I can see the bear looking up. He's on the front, the first deck, you know, looking. And my husband opens up the door and goes, click. It doesn't go off. He runs in the house. The gun won't go off. And no, I'm like, is the safety off of his? You know, is the safety off? He's checking. Yes, the safety's off. And I go, we'll do it again. So he goes and he goes, click, nothing. The bear is looking like, what is wrong with you people? So, <laughs> and so, you know, he kind of starts to come up, and my husband runs, and he's like, it still won't go off, and he does it one more time. Click, nothing. I think the bear got bored because <laughs> it turned around, and it started to wobble down our driveway. And so I'm like, whew, cool. So I go, and I put the baby in the crib, and I go, and I get in the bed. And my husband's like, what are you doing? We could have been killed. He can come back. You got to get out. I'm like, oh, okay. So he's like, he's looking at me like, what is wrong with you? You know, we could have been killed. Da, da, da. Okay, so I get my clothes on and I dress the kids and we're about ready and I can hear, shoot the gun. Now, what I'm aware of is if, if the bear's anywhere around, if we make shoot the gun, it'll scatter more. So now we can get safely into the car. Makes sense to me. So I say to my husband, go shoot the gun. He's like, it won't work. Go shoot the gun. For whatever reason, he stops, he looks at me, and he does. He goes outside and goes, kapow, kapow. Comes in me and, comes and looks at me dead in my eye. How did you know that, you know? I don't know. I'm just listening. So we all then get in the car safely, go to my sister-in-law's house, wake her up, and she freaks out. Oh, my God, you I told you guys not to live out in those woods and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then she looks at me and says, what is going on with you? Why are you so calm? And I said, we're safe. It's all good. She's like, mm. you know. <laughs> so we spend the night. The next day, my husband takes the rifle to the gun shop because clearly something's going on with it. He gets there, and the man says, is this the gun you tried to shoot the bear with? And he says, yes. And he said, it's a good thing it didn't go off. You've got the wrong bullets in this rifle. You would not have killed the bear. You would have hurt the bear. He would have charged and you'd all be dead. Your spiritual practices not only makes your life more peaceful, it will save your life, it will give you everything your heart desires. It is not for us to get so caught up in the five sensory world, but to remember that there is more than what we see, that appearances are exactly what Ernest Holmes says. They're appearances. You must go to the cause beyond the appearance and work in that place. God is much bigger than what you can see. God knows your heart. You are the emanation of. You come from the most powerful, dynamic, beautiful power there is known. God. God, of course, is expressing as you. So everything that you desire, where do you think the desire comes from? It's coming from God. Your job is to recognize who and what you are, choose to spend your time with the divine in the silence, doing your prayer work, doing your study, 
in the silence and listen and allow the power that is within you to expand. So now your life walks in beauty. Your life walks in power. Your life walks in peace. My life has been saved literally twice through our spiritual practices. And for me, meditation's my favorite, so there we go. So I stand before you simply to encourage you. Your peace of peace is in the divine. It is not out here in your circumstances. It is not in you trying to use your willpower to make and change something out here. You are to use your so-called willpower to move in here. And then I promise your circumstances will change. I have more for you this afternoon so I can give you some tools to actually work this process so that you may go deep, deeper in this. You'll be amazed at how your mind is working that you're not aware of. So I have all of that for you this afternoon. I hope you'll join us at 1 o'clock today. Are you with me thus far? Do you understand? Yes. Good. Are you ready to do a little bit more spiritual practices and work? Yes. Say yes louder. Yes. Let's pray. Let's pray. Take that collective breath together, breathing in. Breathe out. And so we move our minds into that recognition that as an individual, we are one with the divine, one with the power and the beauty that is the universe and universes, galaxies, and all of that itself, that all of it comes from the one cause, the infinite, that which I call love, that which I call God. And each one of us are the divine emanations. Each one of us are the vehicles for the divine, one with each other, one with God at all times. So we absolutely hold in prayer the, our loved ones who we pray for, holding ourselves in prayer, knowing, feeling, sensing in this moment that since God is all there is, all of our desires and needs are met right here, right now. We absolutely open up our hearts to receive the gift, to receive the resolution, to receive the divine and its expression in our lives. So we claim the truth of our body temples that they are whole and complete because it is of God and that is all that there is. We absolutely receive the truth that our finances are whole and complete. In this moment, in the mind of God, we move into that and receive this goodness. We absolutely know that our relationships are in complete divine order in every way, in clarity, in our communication, in heart. We are one with everyone we meet. So we say yes to the answers of God. We open ourselves up and say yes to the oneness and the wholeness that is God. Breathing it in. We allow this to be by releasing this word to that divine living law, loving law that must flesh out this word, that must flesh out these intentions and let it become our life experience. All praises be unto God. We are so grateful and thankful. We anchor this word by affirming together and so it is.